Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, we started a new sermon series a couple of weeks ago called Taking It to the Streets. And uh, we looked the first week at the fact that uh, the, the real purpose of the church is not what happens in this building. And this place is a place of encouragement and strength and, and growing in your faith. But the real work of God is supposed to be done all around us out in the streets. And we talked about the fact that we need to be praying that God would send people out to work in his harvest. Then last week we talked about the fact of, well, then when you go out in the world, uh, how should we behave? And we said there's a very simple rule of thumb, uh, and that is to treat people the way that you would want to be treated. And as a matter of fact, Jesus went on to say that if you do that, you fulfilled all the law and the prophets. If you just treat people the way that you'd want them to treat you in return. And now this week we're going to look at, okay, then as I go out into the world, how am I supposed to view people in the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about this evening. Anybody here watching the NFL playoffs? Okay. Who saw the Minnesota Viking New Orleans game last week? All right. Oh my goodness. Was that a good ball game? Maybe the best five minutes, last five minutes I've ever seen in a ball game. One team would win, then the other team would win, go back and forth. Whoever had the ball scored. And uh, it seemed like, you know, there's going to be no end to it until finally New Orleans scored with just a few seconds left. They'd won the game. Nothing was going to change that. Minnesota had one play left and they threw a stupid short little pass. The guy had two defenders guarding him. There was no way he wasn't going to get tackled. But one of the defenders comes running in and wipes out the other defender. They both go flying out of bounds, and he just walks into the end zone for a touchdown. And suddenly, New Orleans, who thought the game was over, is now the the game they've lost. And so they were really down, really depressed. The game is over, no no time on the clock, but Minnesota still has to kick the extra point. And so this is what was taking place with the extra point kick. Look at all the New Orleans players that came out for the extra point. No time on the clock. Not one New Orleans player came out for the extra point. Until one player, their punter, Thomas Morstead, began to come out on the field. Now that might not seem significant at all, but Morstead, the Saints punter, had been injured in the first half, had cracked ribs... And yet he looked out there and said, this isn't sportsmanship. We need to be better than this. He's going out on the field. He's trying to call other players out. Most of the other players are already in the locker room. Finally, he rounds up 10 other players. They slowly walk out. Morstead is walking out like this, trying to get out there. Minnesota just takes a knee. Don't even kick it. The game's over again officially. Afterwards, Minnesota fans thought, wow, that was was great sportsmanship. And they found out that Morstead had a foundation that he and his wife had founded to help pediatric cancer, uh, children with cancer. And so the next day, Morstead began to look and donations started to come into his foundation. The next day, more donations had come into his foundation than any time since he and his wife had started it. And then they found out every one of the donations were coming from Minnesota. By Wednesday, $100,000 had been sent in from Minnesota, and Morstead went on Twitter and said, this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. I want to thank the people of Minnesota. 
By the time Friday came around, $150,000 had been given by people from Minnesota. Morstead is going to the Minnesota game today to cheer for Minnesota and to give a check to the cancer hospital in Minneapolis for $150,000. Now, why did any of that happen? It happened because one player showed sportsmanship and the other people, the other fans, begin to look at him differently. Maybe he's not just somebody on the other team. Maybe he's not a bad guy. Maybe he's not the enemy. And because they begin to look at him differently, a great thing took place, and children are going to be helped because of it. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to look over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. A very familiar uh, parable that Jesus tells, but in Matthew 18, it's a little bit different than the Luke telling of it because Matthew gives you a little more background. And I think you're going to see this story in a little bit different way. And it's going to talk about how we need to view and how we need to treat every single person uh, that we see in this world. So look over to Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. And the first thing we see is this, and I think we can all agree on it. God loves and cares for little children, okay? Uh, Everybody likes kids. Uh, Let's see what we have here. Uh, Chapter 18, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, the disciples were always arguing about this. They were always arguing which one of us is the greatest because they believed Jesus was the Messiah They thought Jesus was going to go to Jerusalem, take over the world, and that they were going to be the most important people in the world, but which of them was going to be the most important of all the disciples? They were always arguing about that. And so they come to Jesus and they basically say, hey, which of us is the most important? And Jesus called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So he pulls this child in front of them and says, you're all trying to be great. You need to be more like a little child. He then goes on and says, therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So greatness in the kingdom of heaven isn't about ruling or power or importance. It's about humility and childlike faith and simple trust. That's what really is important in the kingdom of heaven, not not power and authority and being in charge like we think. But then in verse 5, Jesus goes on. And he said, Whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him that a large millstone were hung around his neck and he be drowned in the depths of the sea. Now that's kind of an interesting uh, turn right there. What Jesus says is this Look, I love these little children. You better not mess with kids because if you mess and hurt a kid, you're messing with me because they're my little children. Now, those are some pretty tough words from Jesus, but most of us, when we look out into the world today, we can all agree that when it comes to babies and little kids, everybody wants to care and protect babies and little kids out in the world. At least most of us do. You know, the divisions kind of come later. As, as people grow up, we begin to divide people. We divide them up between good and bad. Uh, we divide them up between the kind of t- place and town they live. We divide people up by, by their skin color. We divide them up by how much money they have. We divide them up by the kind of clothes they wear. We divide people into all different kinds of things that separate us. But when someone's still a little baby, we usually don't divide people up that way. We just see a, a sweet baby and we think, you know, and nobody wants to harm or, or be prejudiced against or hate on a little baby. And Jesus said, hey, you know, you know I, I love these children. I protect these children. These children 
are mine. And that's a pretty simple concept. But then Jesus goes on and he tells a story about children at first glance. Look down to verse 10. Verse 10. See that you do not look down on these little ones. Still talking about the children or so we think. For I tell you, their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. So he says, you know, again, don't hurt these little children. Don't look down on them. Don't think less of them. And then he tells this story that's really important. What do you think? A man has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. He will not leave the 99 on the hill and go look for the one that's wandered off. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he's happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So what's the next thing that we see? We started out with everyone in the world. uh, uh, You know, we all love little children. God loves and cares for little children. But then he ups it and he says this. Every person that lives upon this planet is a little child that I love. We're all God's children. It doesn't matter who you are or how old you are or where you came from or what part of the world you live in or how much money you have or what the color of your skin may be. You are a child of God and God loves you. Everyone is a precious child of God. And when he tells this story about the lost sheep, there's some things in it that tell us how we're supposed to view every single person in the world. And the first thing he tells us is this, that everyone in the world, people who are away from God are valuable and loved by him. People away from God are valuable and loved by him. Now, think about that in the story he told of the lost sheep. He said, there's a hundred lost sheep and one of the sheep gets lost and wanders away. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd leaves the 99 sheep and goes and looks for the one that's lost. Now, why would you lose 90? Why would you leave the 99 and go look for the one that's lost? Because the one that is lost is obviously valuable. You're the shepherd. You're supposed to take care of these sheep. The sheep is gone. It's lost. And so you're going to go look for it because it's valuable. And the point that Jesus is making is that every single person upon this globe is loved and valuable in the sight of God. I don't care who they are. I don't care how they behave. And I don't care where they come from. They, they can be uh, uh, the worst person in the world. They can be a terrorist, a murderer. Uh, they can be somebody that cuts you off in traffic, somebody that's rude to you at Walmart and cuts in front of you in line. Every person upon this planet is valuable and loved by God. And why is that the case? Because every person on this planet was created special by God and his image. There is nobody you will ever encounter, no matter how bad their behavior may be, that is not a precious child of God created in his image. But more than that, that God loves and that Jesus died for. What's John three sixteen say? For God so loved the good people that he sent Jesus. Is that what it says? For God so loved the world. Jesus didn't come to save good people that didn't need anything. He came to save people who were away from him that needed forgiveness and grace. And that's every one of us. None of us are good. None of us are perfect. We're all here because God forgave us, not because we're good people. And so if you just start by beginning to look at people that way, everybody in this world is a precious child of God that Jesus died for. 
you begin to look at the world in different ways. There's not good and bad people. There's people who are away from God and need to be brought into his love and grace and people who have found that love and grace. A couple of interesting stories in the paper this week. One was out of Wyoming. A whole herd of elk fell through the ice in Wyoming and dozens of people went out and began to try to save the elk. Got a picture of some of it right here. They saved every single uh, one of the elk uh, uh, out there in frigid temperatures, uh, icy water, and they're pulling all of these elk out. Now, that's pretty extreme uh, to go to that extreme to try to save some elk. In the same week in Nova Scotia, there was a beached well. Uh, it was unbelievably cold temperatures, and over 100 people came out of their houses trying to save this well that was beached, and they got it back into the ocean. So you've got people out here in extreme conditions trying to save elk and trying to save a well. Now I'm all for that. You know, I, I think that's great. I'd have probably been out there trying to do it myself or, or probably more what I would have done. I said, Dawn, get out there and help save those elk. You know, I'm going to be inside taking some pictures, you know, uh, while, while we're doing that. But I would have wanted them saved. Now, my point is, if we're going to go to that extreme for elk and well, and I think that's a great thing that we're doing that, then how should we view people in this world who are away from God, created in his image, beloved by him, and that Jesus died for? What should we be doing to reach out and make a difference in their life if we're going to do that for elk and for well? But it all goes back to how you view people. That's the biggest thing in the world and what we have to get. And if we see people as valuable and made in God's image, then it's going to change everything about how we look at the world. The second thing we see in our scripture passage is that uh, as, as we think about the story, it's not only is everyone valuable, but uh, the reason the shepherd went out is that people away from God are lost and in danger. People away from God are lost and in danger. Again, why does the shepherd leave? He's got 100 sheep. There's 99 here. Okay, this sheep is valuable, but why am I going to go out and leave the 99? Because the 99 are safe. They're okay. They're secure. Nothing's going to happen to them. But the one that's out there by itself, it's in danger. It could be eaten by a wild animal. It could fall off a cliff. It could not find places to eat, and it could starve to death. It's in danger every second it's out there. And because of the danger it's in, I'm going to go, and I'm going to try to find it. People away from God are valuable, but they're also lost and in danger. Now, I don't know about you, but... uh, For my mom and dad, I was always their baby boy. Before my mom died, I was in my early 50s, and my mom used to always say when I would call, oh, it's my sweet baby boy. And I was her sweet baby boy up until the day that she died. Both of my kids are in their, in their 20s right now, and they're still my little babies. You know, that's still how I see them. They're, they're, I don't care how old they get or what they do, they're always going to be their day's little babies, you know. And if you've got kids, you probably feel the same way, you know. They're always going to be your little boy, your little girl, your little babies. Well, what Jesus says is really interesting. He talks about those children, and he said he calls them his little ones. But the little ones don't stop because they go from being a baby to being 30 years old. They always stay God's little ones. That's the point he's trying to make here. That every person upon this planet is one of God's little ones. 
that he created and loved and cares about that Jesus died for. And right now they are in danger. They are in danger of a lesser life. They are in danger of doing things that will hurt themselves and hurt other people. They are in danger of hell itself and eternal damnation. And Jesus looks out and he says, these are my little children. I love them. They are valuable and they are in danger right now. And so the shepherd needs to do something about it. Interesting story this week out of Decatur, Georgia, there was an a apartment fire. And when the police uh, got into one apartment, there were five kids in the apartment. And so the, the firefighters were taking the kids out of one of the windows when suddenly uh, the, the door of the bedroom they were in just blew out from the fire that was there and there was still one child left. Now the firefighter knew that he could get out in time, but he didn't know if he could get out carrying the child. So this is what the firefighter did. He threw the child out the window to another firefighter who caught the child and then he slid down the ladder and was saved. Now that's pretty extreme to throw a child out of a balcony window to another firefighter who catches the child as it comes down. But why did he do it? Because that child was in imminent danger. Its life was at risk and something drastic needed to be done. And a hero did that. And what Jesus is trying to tell us is there are people out there created in my image that I love dearly, that I died on the cross to save just as I died to save you. And maybe their lifestyle isn't what you would have it to be. Maybe they really are doing things that are bad, but it's because I'm not in their life and they're not saved. They don't have the benefit of grace and salvation in my spirit that you have. They are in danger. And because of that, he says, because they are in danger, they are worth an all-out search. We need to be doing everything that we can to look for and to search for those who are away from God because they are valuable and they are in danger. And that's what the shepherd does. The shepherd does something extreme, just as the firefighter did. And what he did is he leaves the 99 to go look for the one because the one is in danger And the one is still valuable. And so he does this amazing thing, going and looking for it. Now, we hear these things and we can agree to them mentally. Okay, I believe every person's valuable and created in God's image. Okay, I believe they're in danger if they're away from God. I believe they're worth an all-out search. But do we really view people that way enough to do it? Do you know the last statistics say that in the churches in America, it takes 47 people to lead one person to Christ? If we really believe that the people in our life, our family, our friends, our brothers, our sisters, uh, our best friends, if we really believed that, if we believed everybody we encounter on the street is valuable, loved by God, and in danger, Wouldn't we care a little bit more and want to do something about it? And then you hear the stats, like I told you the first week, 85% of people who come to Christ are led by a family member or friend. Everything the church does leads 15% of the people who are saved to Christ. 85% becomes because a family or friend did something. And yet when you look at stats, 47 people it takes to lead one person to Christ because we don't believe it enough to actually do something about it. And so is it really worth an all-out search to us? If something is really valuable and really in danger, it's worth it. There's a guy in Australia by the name of Tony Lethridge. He has a 17-year-old son, and his son uh, went to his girlfriend's house one afternoon. 
girlfriend calls and says, hey, he's ne- he, ne- he didn't get over here. Where is he? And he says, I don't know. He left a couple hours ago. And uh, she said, well, he's not here. He said, well, maybe he went somewhere else. Well, he never shows up. Dad drives up and down the street from her house to his house, doesn't see him, calls the police. The police come in, do a search up and down the road, and they said, if he went from your house to her house, there's no indication of a wreck or a car going off the road or anything like that. You know, he's probably just gone somewhere else. After a day or so, dad's panicking. The police said, well, you know, kids run away all the time. And he said, well, my child wouldn't have run away. I, I don't understand what's going on. And finally, the dad gets so desperate that he goes to a little local airport and he walks in with every penny he could get together, which was $1,000 in cash. And he walks in and says, $1,000 to anybody who will fly me around looking for my son. And a helicopter pilot got up and said, well, I'll do it. I'll do it for free. Now, why was he going to do it for free? Because he felt that something valuable might be in danger and needed to be looked for. So they flew the helicopter around, and what they found was the car had gone off the road on the way to the girlfriend's house, had gone down the side of a hill and was under a crevice that couldn't be seen from the road. And so they immediately called EMS and the police. They got to the car. This is what they found. And his son was still alive after a couple of days in the car. Now, he had some broken bones and some other things, but he's fine. Why was that child saved? Because a father who believed he was loved and valuable and in danger went to an all-out search to find him. And when we really believe people in this world are valuable and lost and in danger, we will begin an all-out search to find them. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture. When that is lost, comes back to God, it should cause great celebration. When what is lost comes back to God, it should cause great celebration. In our scripture, it says something really interesting. Uh, We're told that, hey, you know what? Uh, When he finds the lost sheep, there's more rejoicing, verse 13, there's more rejoicing over the one that was lost than over the 90 and 9. Why is there more rejoicing over one lost sheep that was stupid and wandered away than over 99 good sheep that stayed home? Because the 99 good sheep were okay. They were safe. They were secure. There was no problem. But the lost one was in danger. And when the one in danger was found, you just, there's joy. Man, it's been found. It was in danger. And a great celebration is supposed to take place. Whenever anyone comes to Christ, there should be a great celebration because something valuable has been found again. And so what have we seen this morning? We've seen that every person in this world is valuable and loved by God. We've seen that people away from God are in danger. We've seen that they are worth an all-out search, and they should cause great rejoicing when they are found. Now look back to verse 14. Jesus ends this section that we thought was about little children by saying this, in the same way your Father in heaven is not worried that any of his little children should ever be lost. Who's he talking about here? He just gave you the story of the sheep. He's talking about every person on this planet. They are his little children, his baby boys and girls, no matter what age they may be, no matter what their behavior may be, and they are valuable, worth an all-out search, and worth great celebration when they were found. This week in Israel on a train, 
there was a young soldier, a young lady who was talking on the telephone to her landlord. And she became very agitated and everybody in that section of the train kind of was listening in to the, to the lady as she was on the phone. And she told them, just give me one more week and I'll be able to pay you everything. And then the landlord apparently said no. And she said, please, I just need another week. Look, I, I can't get another job. I'm a soldier. I am on active duty right now. I'm a single mom with two kids. Please just give me another week. And apparently the landlord says no again. She begins to cry uncontrollably, just saying, please, please, please. When suddenly a man walks down to her and says, may I have your telephone? And she says, excuse me? And she says, may I have your telephone? She hands him the telephone. He gets on it and he says, I would like to pay all of her rent. And whatever the landlord said, he said, I could care less the cost. I told you I want to pay it and I have a credit card right here. He then gives the credit card number, hands her the phone back, and goes back and sits down. The young lady gets up, runs down the aisle, still crying uncontrollably, begins to hug him and says, I can't believe anyone would do this. Guess what everyone in that train car did? They stood up and they started applauding. They started clapping. People, 30 minutes later, were still coming down and taking his picture. His name is Itzhak Ophir. And they were just taking his picture on the train car and saying, I want to tell this story. I want to show your picture and tell this story to my kids. And they were just going down and taking his picture as it was. What struck everybody is that there was a young soldier who needed help and that she was valuable. She was protecting their country. She had two little children and somebody had stepped in and rescued her. And there was great rejoicing in that train car. My friends, every person on this planet is a special child beloved by him. And when they come to God, there should be great rejoicing because that which was lost has been found. Let's have a prayer. Father, help us to see the world with different eyes. When we look at people around us, We see so many different things. Help us to start seeing your beloved children that you loved and died for. Help us not see people in a car trying to get to the intersection before us. Help us not to see uh, a waiter or a waitress. Help us not to see uh, someone that we think is is an enemy or a challenger or a bad person. Help us begin to see people as your little ones beloved by you. And when we do that, it'll change everything. Help us see with different eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we come to this time of invitation, and the first part of the invitation is just for you to pray for yourself this week. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encounter a lot of people this week. Some of them are going to be an acquired taste, okay, that you're going to encounter. Some people are going to be fairly challenging, And will bring out the worst in you. And for you to begin to see, Lord, there's not a person I'm going to encounter this week, no matter how they may behave, that isn't your child. And when you see people differently, this is one of God's little ones right here. Man, they may be challenging. They may be uh, uh, mean as all get out. But they're still one of God's little ones. 
Then is you're going to look at them differently and you're going to respond to them differently. So that's my first thing. You just pray, God, help me begin to see people differently this week. During this time, you can come pray at this altar about things going on in your life. And, and uh, we have ministers that would love to pray with you. You can come at this time and say, I want to join this church and be a part of this church. Be a part of taking it out into the world and to the streets. And uh, then just come down this aisle and say you want to join this church. And the most important thing is to come and say, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow him. And when you do that, in the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus tells that same story, he says, when one comes to me, every angel in heaven rejoices. You can cause all of heaven to sing loud joy today. But this is your time and your opportunity as we stand together and we sing.
you go out this week, try to view people in a different way, in the way God sees them as his little ones. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.